what you will. Of uh, tedious and brief uh, Shakespeare podcast. It's a podcast. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Danielle. Here we are, much ado about nothing again. Uh, we're going to talk about all the characters who are bad and less good than Beatrice and Benedict. We're going to make much ado about <laughs> <laughs> the nothing that is the other characters. Everyone else. Claudio can eat my farts. Yeah, you really, really don't like Claudio. How can anyone like Claudio? Yeah, tell us I about Claudio. I ask you, world. Uh, okay, he shows up. His first thing is like, I saw Hero before, but I was a soldier, so I just wanted to fuck her. But now that I'm not a soldier anymore, I guess I can be romantic. And he doesn't know this chick at all. Like, people complain about Romeo and Juliet falling in insta-love and what have you. But, like, they talk to each other. And they're like, oh, my God, you like completing sonnets? I like completing sonnets. Like, they have a conversation (laughs) where they fall in love after they're like, we're both hot. Whereas Claudia's just like, he was hot. And he speaks her praises so highly but doesn't actually ever talk to her he doesn't even woo himself he sends his big daddy don pedro to do it his bro yeah not his actual daddy his metaphysical daddy and as soon as he here he thinks that she's cheating on him again when he freaks out at her at the wedding it's with all this language of like the gods and the goddesses and like i thought you were as chaste as diane but you are a hoppy and he's just like very extra but not in a way where he really learns his lesson because even once he finds out that she wasn't cheating on him he and don pedro both are like oh sorry we shamed your daughter to death leonardo because they think she's dead but we didn't you know our only mistake was in like being misled like they defend their actions they don't think that they were wrong to flip the fuck out at her and also claudio's whole thing from the beginning is like trying to prove he's a man because everyone is kind of like claudio he's young and hot and he clearly wants to like assert his masculinity in this very whatever he thinks is like i'm a soldier and i'm a grand lover and i'm gonna marry this hot chick whereas benedict is like eh, i'm never getting married and i don't really care what people think about me and i i feel like they're just set up as these foils to each other where benedict has this like even when he's kind of being an ass at the beginning and like you know he talks a lot about like beatrice whatever i hate her i don't care he doesn't really he doesn't need to like dominate or own beautiful women to feel good about himself whereas claudio clearly does I don't know. I um, I think I I did feel all of those things. I think I didn't. While I don't like that he attacked her at the wedding, I did think on a dramatic perspective. It's kind of how I feel about Othello, where like people mm. are always like people are always like, well, Othello, like how could he possibly think that? That's crazy. But like the way that Don John has constructed this plan, as far as Claudio's concerned. He literally sees Hero talking to this person. Like she's at the window or whatever. And I don't I don't think that it's just him being like, "Yeah, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to go through with the wedding and then not doing it." He's really angry and he wants to hurt her in a way that again isn't like kind or noble or excusable, but like on a dramatic level I, I get it. Right, of but, like if you're like I'm so in love with this person, even if it is infatuation, and but again, it's like it's the young, and I I do kind of like one of the things I liked that they set up at the beginning is that he's like I did see her before, and we don't know what that history is, right? 
no, hang we don't on. know exactly what it, it is. But he's like, yeah, I would. I didn't really think about love before the war, but I'm older now, and I've realized like I do think she'd be someone that I want to marry. And then this person, who even if he's just infatuated with her, has agreed to marry him. And then he's like, watches her be like, yeah, I remember, I'm so in love with this other guy. So again, I like, I don't like Claudio, but I don't think I feel quite as passionately as you do about. Bit. Well, Othello and Desdemona like each other. Oh, and I love they the have... shit out of them. Every time you've been like the only good couple is Benedict and Okay, Beatrice. but Othello does kill Desdemona, yeah, so that I takes know. several that... hundred points off of them as a couple. <laughs> I, I like them. I yes, I also like Othello. It's a yeah. very good play and they are very in love, but he does kill her. He does No, do it's that. true. He, they they don't win, but they're in the running. Sure, they're in the running. But that also shows you how bad all the other couples But Benedict are. never smothers Beatrice to death, so in that Not way he's, he's winning as Shakespearean boyfriend of the year. It's true. But I, but I think the thing is, I mean, it is sort of the same problem you get in, like, say, The Winter's Tale um, yeah. with Leontes, with these characters who are like, she's cheating on me, and you're like, what? We just got to this play. What are you talking about? Yeah. We haven't seen any scenes of you being nice to her. Yeah, and I think that that is definitely missing. Yeah. So again, it's not, I, I don't disagree and I, I'm not a big Claudio fan, but I did feel that this is the other perspective on him, well, the other part of what, what drives him. I, I do. Well, and, and for the record, it's, it's not a problem that I dislike Claudio. It doesn't make the play bad. There can be dislikable characters in plays. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I do think for me, the most interesting arc Claudio can go on is that he's trying to affect this kind of bravado of like me a soldier with a hot wife and gets like fully shamed for it and is like a gentler less braggadocious person by the end i absolutely think that and i also do think that um shakespeare does a really good job of setting that up very clearly where like even to the point when um hero's dead and he's talking to hero's dad he keeps calling him boy Mm -hmm. and and claudia's clearly ticked off by it Mm -hmm. um no, I, and again, I don't. I, I agree. I think plays should have unlikable characters in them as well because it's, you know, keep it balanced. Yeah, and I, I do like him as a foil to Benedict in that way. Well, and I do think it's a good way of presenting these two different, I think it, it elevates Benedict and Beatrice's yeah, love to be like, here's the one you usually see in the rom-coms of just like, two hot people who hopefully will be fine um, <laughs> versus like these two people who have a, a really strong connection and a history. We don't know what it is, but some kind of history. Um, it's and, just more, yeah. it, it, I think it's met probably intended, but even if it's not, it throws in sharp relief how real what Beatrice and Benedict have is. Yeah. And also for all that I just shat all over, Claudio, it's not like Hero isn't this like brilliant. Vi- I mean, Hero's well, fine. Also, Hero's, Hero's fine. <laughs> She's fine. The, she has no like quantifiable personality other than being like, sure, I'll gossip. But even then, she's like not the one who comes up with the plan to trick Beatrice and Benedict. And then she's like, I guess I'll do it as long as it's not like that intense, is like her response. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'll do it as long as we don't go too far. <laughs> yeah, and even, um, I mean, Beatrice's, well, Beatrice and Margaret are the only feminists in this play because after uh, Hero gets like cursed out by Claudio at the wedding, and Claudio's like, let's go, boys, and leaves with everyone except for Sad yeah, Sack Benedict. Um, she, well, one her- Also, that's the moment where I fall in love with Benedict is like, this oh, is also, stays, yeah. yeah, and it's like maybe partially for Beatrice, but it does feel like he he has his own moral compass and is like, that was fucked up. Yeah. And like, he wouldn't do anything about it if it wasn't for Beatrice, but he's still like, that's the side he falls on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and 
Well, one, we've got, I mean, Leonardo is this dad archetype that I don't think we need to get super into. He's very uh, daddy caps adjacent, which is um, Lord Capulet, if you haven't been listening from He's our first episode. He's also low-key, like, the pr- the duke from Comedy Bearers adjacent. Like, he just wants to be part of it. Uh, Shakespeare can write exactly two old men, and one of them is, like, your bumbling Polonius, Polonius windbag. I like that you've got Polonius from bumbling. And the other is, like, a dad who, like is a little bit overprotective and like Brabantio. yeah and will freak out if he thinks his daughter is like sleeping around but when he's not freaking out is like a solid dad yep Leon. um yeah. so like i hate how leon uh, leonardo god there are so many leontes so many leonidas they're um, probably leos uh yeah so leo <laughs> Um, here's dad when he freaks out at her it's upsetting because he's like I let her die if she cheated on Claudio and Beatrice is like what the fuck (laughs) no but then when Hero snaps back awake she's like yeah I absolutely didn't cheat on him but if I had like her her um attitude is so like of course if I had cheated I would be a, a horrible deserve what monster did but I didn't and I'm innocent whereas Beatrice is like no matter Beatrice doesn't seem to care whether or not Hero is innocent she's like don't freaking come at my cousin I'll kill you I'll eat your heart at the marketplace I know I also love like there it was interesting rereading this play because you have everyone has their like very strong reactions to this this wedding sequence right but nobody really stands up and is like fuck Claudio that was so unreasonable except for Beatrice and I love that her reaction is not only fuck Claudio that's unreasonable but I want to kill him yeah in no ironic way I just want to kill him yeah and I she like loves her cousin so much uh, and we have to assume that Hero is at least kind of cool because Beatrice loves her so much but I do want to talk about um Hero's uh serving women Mm-hmm. Margaret and Ursula. Ursula doesn't get a ton of screen time. Yeah, but she's like fun. She seems cool. Yeah. Margaret, though, I really like that Shakespeare gave us a second smart, funny broad oh, in yeah, this she's play. She's so funny, and she she's also banters in a very similar way to Beatrice. Like, yeah. they have a similar voice. You can see why they're theoretically friends. Although, she does bug the shit out of Beatrice. Yeah, like when Beatrice has found out that um, she thinks that Benedict has confessed his love to her because she overheard this whole plot of eavesdropping and she she's like sick and freaking out and like oh, i don't feel well i'm stuffed up blah 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 and margaret is just like trolling her she's like yeah stuffed up and you're a maid and she's also like do you want you know yeah, she's some like benedictus for your cold yeah which is like the latin name for some plant but then beatrice is like what does that mean what do you mean benedict and like i like that it's not this world where, like, all women are just... Subservient, and Be- Beatrice is so special. Yeah, Beatrice isn't the, like, one special girl who's not like other girls. There, this is, like, a world where women are witty sometimes. Well, and also just where every where there's, like, an even level of, like, some people are witty and some people are not. Yeah. Because like, we get, like, the Benedicts of the world, who's, like, witty, although not as witty as Beatrice. Yeah. And then we get, like, the Claudios, who are just like, I love maybe... Um, but wait, wait, I had to, oh, but Meg, yes, Margaret, they also call her Meg. Meg. She's also just like sleeping around shamelessly. And I do like that, like, side note, side note, um, everyone's like, 
issue with Hero, theoretically, is yes, that she was, like, cheating on Claudio, but realistically, she's been engaged to Claudio for, like, a day. Mm -hmm. So it's really that she was, like, stepping out before marriage Mm -hmm. and is therefore, like, a whore. But as soon as they find out it was Margaret, (laughs) they're like... Like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like one line where they're like, also, we should chat with her about like having better taste in men. <laughs> well, also, I like that. Um, so, Baraccio is uh, Don John's henchman yeah. who um, he's actually like having a thing with Margaret. But so, all we know of what happened is that he got Margaret to dress up as Hero and presumably pretend to be Hero to some extent. Um, and then he was like, you know, macking on her, and they had the prince and Claudia well, watch him a distance. What's even weirder about it is that he, he theoretically, again, I think that in in a normal production, probably they would be macking out, but making out. But uh, in the the text, it's that she's at the window yeah, and that he's they're below just talking. it. But they're like dirty talking because they say something like, "We can't say what they said," and there are people, women, and children in the world. You know what I mean? But like theoretically, he's like, "Yeah, remember when I?" And she's like, "Yeah, and I'm going to." And they're just, like, dirty talking, but with her as <laughs> a hero. But also dirty talking from the balcony. And also, <laughs> when when they catch Baraccio, uh, well, one, Margaret genuinely likes Hero, and they seem to be genuinely good friends. Yeah. So we can assume that unless Margaret is, like, secretly double-crossing everyone, she wasn't tr- part of this plot. No, she, she says that, like, I'm yeah, going to Yeah, and then Baraccio yeah. is, like... Oh, please don't get Margaret in trouble. She's totally innocent in this. So Baraccio was just like, hey, you want to dress up as your friend Hero and then we can dirty talk? And Margaret was like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> like, she's just role playing. That's so weird. <laughs> this whole play is just kink shaming Margaret. Poor Margaret. She was just trying to have a fun role play where she dressed up as her rich best friend and had her boyfriend of one day dirty talk at her from several stories below. <laughs> but also that everyone is like, oh, that's fine. It's Margaret. Yeah, I, I just think that there's not enough of, like, an emphasis on how much everyone's like, she can be a slut, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Well, it's also, it's weird because this play doesn't uh, do a lot with class. I mean, obviously the the prince is rich and the prince and we're all trying to impress him. But but even that, I was struck by, like, how not princely he was. Yeah. And, and especially, like, he, he doesn't do any ruling. There's not a mention ever nope. of, like, I'm the prince and therefore in charge. Nope. And it really does feel like he is Claudio's peer. Yeah. And, like, he just has a little bit more status, which he's down to use. But uh, it, it did feel like, a, and especially because the, they're all theoretically rich people and most of them are talking largely in prose, mm-hmm. which is unusual. It really did feel like a play where it was like, oh, because we're all rich, everyone's just on equal footing. And I think the only place that the, uh, the difference in class comes into play is that they're like, hero stepping out with a man, kill her. And then they're like, oh, Margaret's been fucking around? That's fine. Exactly. Because <laughs> she's of lower status than hero. But weirdly, I think it does make Beatrice more of like a brassy broad that she speaks largely the same way that Margaret does, despite being of this more aristocratic class. Yeah. And, they, and I also think that in a way that is very indicative of that, Whoa, that was just like a sentence I had a stroke for. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but the fact that they're always like, oh, Beatrice, what a tongue you have. Where again, probably if she was lower born, they'd be like, eh, that's just how they talk. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she she does tend to be a little wittier than, whereas Margaret is just kind of more willing to... Um, go for the blue light. Go for innuendos yeah. and dirty talk and be like, oh, stuffed up? <laughs> Penis. 
Um, which, you know, I mean, I think she and Baraccio are going to make it. I do. I also <laughs> think it's cute that, like, Baraccio, like, he's clearly a little evil because he's, like, hanging out with Don John and he's like, oh, I have a great plan. Like, he comes up with the plan. Yes. He's like, I've got a great plan. Maybe he just wanted to hang out with Margaret that he night. He just wanted to hang out with Margaret. Instead of, like, helping with the plans. He's like, I've got a plan. How about I fuck my girlfriend? And somehow we turn that into a thing, eh? But, <laughs> but it... It is cute that one, he's like, it wasn't her fault. Yeah. And and two, that he, I don't know, feels really bad. It, it does feel like basically as soon as they find out the hero's dead, they're like, oh, we went too far. Baraccio seems to be more cut up about it than maybe Claudio and the Duke. Yeah. I mean, they're upset about it, but more in a like, Prince. oh man, now everyone, what? Prince. Sorry. The Jimmy. Prince. Yeah. Yes, not the Duke. Yeah. Um, he's just got that, that gossipy Duke vibe to him. Um, but the, they're upset in the way of like, oh man, now everyone's going to be mad at us because we killed a girl. Yeah. Whereas Baraccio is like, oh, we went too far. Don John's a villain. Man, don't get Margaret in trouble. Oh, I'm so sorry. Which is also because like, he's, you know, the one in jail. Yeah. Which is, should we talk about the friar or should we talk about Dogberry? Oh gosh. And I was just or thinking should we talk Don, about Don John. John. And I think we got to go okay, to Don I, John. I, I, I think we should talk about the friar first because he's so minor. Oh, yeah, sure. And yet such a... Shakespeare. What friar did you know who was like... Rufy's friar. What if she played dead? I just... I was reading it today... Like this... Not today, ha, ha, ha. But reading it this time around, I did have a moment where I was like, is this just like a pop culture thing that's been lost to the ages? He's like, this you know feels friars. like this feels like something that happened in the news <laughs> that would be like a joke for like a few years that you could call back reliably and everyone would be like, oh yeah, that friar did do that weird thing that wasn't major enough to have landed in any kind of history book. But I was that's how it reads. It's just like it's so matter of fact and it's so bananas. And then to do it twice. That's my new theory. That's here's, my new theory. Well, here's my thing. <laughs> Assuming, as we um, stated in our last episode, that every character in Shakespeare who has the same name as another character in Shakespeare is necessarily <laughs> the same person, I have to assume that after Friar Lawrence dealt with all that shit in Verona, he was like, whatever, gotta I'm, I gotta leave town. <laughs> I gotta go to a different Italian city. And he's just terrorizing the Italian countryside, <laughs> telling these young women to play dead. I he's just like, want to write so my, well like, another one act that's just like like a quiet one act that's just Friar, Friar Lawrence just giving lots of people. This is, I mean, also this Friar is so wild because he literally, he's like, I haven't spoken until now. But what if she pretended she died? Well, I also, though, do... I do like that he says before that, I haven't spoken until now, but clearly she didn't cheat on yeah, him. Yeah, Clearly this girl is, is innocent. Because, again, also, why didn't you speak till now? Because yeah, Claudio like, was yelling is the answer. He was just yelling very loudly. And everyone was shocked, and then he left. All these friars are so extremely conflict-avoidant, where they're like, maybe instead of talking to your boyfriend, just die. And then he'll be like, oh, she was so great. Also, is God on board for, like, manipulating people by faking your own death? That feels like not a, a church-sanctioned activity. I don't know. The church has a lot of uh, spotty history. It wouldn't be the worst thing they've ever done. Ooh, edgy. <laughs> <laughs> Commentary. Take that. The church. The church of <laughs> Italy <laughs> several centuries ago. So working out why it... No, my comment was like, through the ages. Oh! Ooh! 
<laughs> yeah, the, just the wildest friar. Also, like, there, there's so much people who aren't Hero and Claudio getting wildly invested in this. Like, it makes sense for Beatrice, that's her cousin and her best friend. For Leonardo, the prince is, like, super in love with Claudio or something. Just, like, his, they're besties. They're besties, they're I guess. Um, and Benedict is, like, there for Beatrice. And he but, set like, them up. So he's also, like, I did this a little bit. Yeah, but the... F- the fact that the friar wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to go home. It was a bad day at work. He was like, hey, let me get more involved. Let me get more involved in the weirdest possible way. Although I will say, I, it, nope. 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 Well, I, and I think it, it that just circles back around to the fact that this play is very sort of conscious of its lack of complicated plot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that like, Shakespeare isn't trying to build this like, web of intrigue it's the point of the play is getting to see beatrice and benedict banter like nuts and then fall in love yeah it's great it's very and the satisfying plot is to create drama for that to happen so speaking of uh other unnecessary characters that just kind of create conflict in this plot so that there can be conflict dogberry ah, dogberry like, he's not that funny, but I do have a lot of affection for him more than I have for some of Shakespeare's other unfunny clowns. And he's not the least funny. He's not like, the least d- funny. I think that he's definitely a, a guy, a character where there's plenty to work with if you have a funny actor. Like, yes. He does the one of Shakespeare's favorite jokes, which is, what if a guy didn't know how to use words Oh, right? he uses words wrong. Yeah. Get it? But it's <laughs> But also, I think, in the way that some of those jokes don't, last because we as a modern audience aren't aware of what they mean i think a lot of dogberries are still clear enough that we get them which is good well like he gets called an ass by one of the people he's interrogating and um the person like taking notes has already left so he just keeps being like oh he didn't have time to write down that i'm an ass everyone remember that i'm an ass because he's upset that he's been called an ass but like he just keeps repeating the phrase i'm an ass and you know what Still funny. Still Joke funny. Joke holds up. Joke holds Hilarious. up. Hilarious. Just yeah. a man saying the word ass a bunch of times. Yeah. But it's funny. I will say, I think the one one scene that this show, I, I don't want it to be there, but that it could be there and I would probably enjoy it, would be the scene of the interrogation. Yeah. Like he comes back on and he's like, this is what we did. This is what we figured out. But I do think there is a world where we get to see that and it would be very funny. Yeah, and I like that um, Dogberry's contribution to the plot is not only that his crack team of, like, bumbling Three Stooges-esque policemen uh, catch the bad guys, but also that he's so long-winded and confusing that he tries to explain to to Leonardo or Don Pedro? To Leonardo, right? Uh, Off of my head, I couldn't tell you. To Leonardo, I'm pretty sure. Um, He's like, hey, we caught these villains, and he's been- Oh, yeah, it's Leonardo. He's like, I have to get to the church. And Leonardo's like, I don't have time for this. Because Dogberry's so bad at explaining. So Dogberry, he's trying. I also think it's just, it's fun that we get one of these characters who could easily be a, like, a Dr. Pinch or whatever, where his role is to interrogate people. Mm -hmm. But there is no element of one of those comedies where someone gets tortured, you know, in this one. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it really is, like, a light... (laughs) Honestly, this play reminded me weirdly a lot of A Little Night Music, which is a Sondheim musical I like a lot. Not in its actual content, but the way that I feel about A Little Night Music is it's like this light rom-com for the most part, but it has 
peppered throughout it so many great lines that yeah. are so wise and so enduring. And that's how I feel about Much Ado is it's like really it should be light and funny and bantery, but within their banter and even without it, just like throughout the play, are so many nuggets of like beautiful wisdom and lines. Yeah. Like even this one got cut from one of the movie versions that I was recently watching. But when they're um, Beatrice and Benedict are talking, they're bantering at the ball, uh, the masked ball, and one of them says like, "Will will we?" we must follow the leader because they're dancing, but they have this whole thing about like, well, you shouldn't follow leaders if they're bad. Mm -hmm. Um, which again is like beautifully phrased because it's Shakespeare and, and it's just there, you know what I mean? It's just like lurking around this play where it doesn't really belong or it doesn't need to be there, but it elevates it. I think. Yeah, no, there are, it's such an interesting play because Beatrice especially has so many lines that are weirdly deep about like, what's the point of being alive? And like, I don't want a husband because her freedom is important to her. And it it is this sort of like very pointed commentary on the life of a woman. And she has that whole uh, speech, if I were a man. But then you get characters like Don John, where he just comes out and like, hello, me. The villain of the play. He fascinates me because he kind of has no motivation for just being evil. Mm -hmm. But he does come out and to the best of his ability explains himself. And he says, um, uh, I cannot hide what I am. I must be sad when I have cause and smile at no man's jests, eat when I have stomach and wait for no man's leisure, sleep when I am drowsy and tend on no man's business, laugh when I am merry and claw no man in his humor. And it, it's weird because I feel like it's the kind of language that I hear from a lot of people mm-hmm. of like, I just am what I am. And it's a quality that people in real life often try to use as excuses for bad behavior. Mm. Um, and he, even when, when his his friend is like, can you make no use of your discontent? He says, I will make all use of it, for I use it only. Like, that's where he sort of goes from, he, he has these few lines where he's like, this is my interiority as, as best I can express it. Um, and then he's like, but now, for just being evil the rest of the play. Um, but he, he basically is like, I'm just a person who feels things really strongly and can do nothing but act on them. And in this moment, I am angry and upset and I want to fuck up my brother's life. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It, it, but it, there is something about the way that Shakespeare has written those lines that feel, I don't know, they felt more familiar than I expected them to. Because I, it wasn't just like, here I am, I'm evil. I, He's like, I feel things so strongly, I'm going to fuck everything up. As usual, I have not looked at the order, the chronology of the plays, the order in which they were written before recording. So here's some just wild guesswork on my part. But um, he's a bastard, right? He's a bastard. bastard. He feels very proto-Iago and also very proto, or or like Iago adjacent and also what's-his-face adjacent. Also what's-his-face adjacent from King Uh, Lear. Edmund, Edmund adjacent. We're also, Shakespeare's just like, bastards, they're evil, huh? I mean, Edmund has more of, like, um, more reason to meat on his bones. Um, But, yeah, it feels like there's a hint of that. I think if you were looking at it from an actor-director perspective, if you're trying to play Don John, I feel like you have to... Either you have to do it very, like, he's twirling his mustache and it's a fun... I mean, that's that's a valid choice. And he's just, like, a fun villain who comes out and is like... I'm evil. And it almost becomes uh, like metafictional at that point where he's like, I have to be the villain because I'm the villain and that's just who I am. Yeah. But 
A friend was actually telling me about a production where Don John was in a wheelchair mm. and it was played very much like he had been injured in the war and now Claudio was this like hot soldier getting all the glory who his brother was fawning over and he felt so passed over and ignored and like no one cared about his sacrifices, which is layering quite a bit on. But I think if you're trying to make Don John something more than a... Anything redeemable. Yeah, something yeah. more than just a mustache twirling villain... He's got to feel so hurt and jealous of his brother's relationship with Claudio. Yeah, because that's clearly what, what really is at the crux of it, is that he his brother's like, this is my new cool friend Claudio. And he's like, but me, your other... It's also interesting because in the bastard thing, mm-hmm. um, there are other bastards that we see who are frustrated by where they fall in the line mm-hmm. of secession, and perhaps they're, they don't have... Um, as much they're they're not going to inherit as much blah 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 but don john is also clearly so wealthy like he's fine yeah so that's also (laughs) not it and also nobody's ruling in this play so it's also not like he's like and i would be a better king (laughs) yeah it feels like shakespeare's shorthand for being like resentful of one's family because he's a bastard yeah I do think as much as um so kenneth brano has a has a movie version of much ado about nothing and a lot of wonderful actors in it. Emma Thompson plays Beatrice. She's just delightful. Delightful. A wonder. Keanu Reeves <laughs> plays Don John. And it's bad. He's bad. But also, <laughs> it's almost like if you're going to do weird stunt casting, I kind of feel like Don John's oh, the Don one John's to do the it place for. for it because there's nothing there. <laughs> Where so you're you just like, want. hey, it's a play about these people. And then out walks this like random celebrity. And you're like, Keanu, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm, I'm here to uh, fuck up me, the, play. the villain. And you're like, all right, fair enough. I guess he just is such this like, also... Sorry, but can we talk about the very last line of this play, of this very popular play that has lasted through the centuries, this beautiful romantic comedy that is, like, in many ways the basis for all romantic comedies to follow. The last two lines are, a messenger enters and says, My lord, your brother John is ta'en in flight and brought with armed men back to Messina. And Benedict says, think not on him till tomorrow. I'll devise the brave punishments for him. Strike up, pipers. And, and then they, they dance. dance. So the ending note is like, we caught Don John. Eh, we'll deal with it tomorrow. Hooray! The end. Yeah, like nobody actually wants to deal with him. Even then, he didn't get the attention that he wanted. No, it's this weird, like, loose end almost, rather than being... I feel like this is also, again, not looking at the chronology... But it feels like an, a proto-Malvolio showing up at the end of the happy marriage and being like, I'm going to get my revenge. Where it's like this little hint that like life isn't completely perfect, but that's okay. Oh, really? I almost had the opposite read on it because I was like, and to just totally tie it up with a bow, okay. we also caught the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't that's see him fair. catch the bad guy. And we, as far as we know, he escaped. And like everybody else we've kind of excused because it wasn't their plot and mm-hmm. they're sorry. But in the very last line, we're like, oh, and by the way, we caught him. And they're like, great. And we're not even going to end this play with malice. We're just going to be like, cool, know that justice will be served. But for now, everything's good and we're going to enjoy it. I like that better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it is this sort of like, yeah, that's how you would catch Don John, the like thinnest villain of all time, is just to walk in and be like, we got him. And it's like, cool, I guess we'll keep dancing. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't care that much. It's yeah. Don John. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I also love uh, when Claudio and the prince are sort of like starting to figure out like, oh no, Hero's dead. And like, oh, maybe we were wrong. What's going on? Um, I think Claudio like turns to the prince at one point and says, did they, did someone say that Don John just like ran away? <laughs> and the prince is like, yeah, weird. <laughs> and then they just like keep going. And it's like, I mean, I, I feel like there's a version of this play where Don John is just like, laughably they're like a Mufasa and Scar kind yeah, of like absolutely. pair where Don John is just laughably evil and Don Pedro's like ha ha me the prince everything is great in prince land yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I see that it's also funny because the whole thing is so much just backdrop for this one love story that kind of has nothing to do with any of the rest yeah, of the plot it's... like it really is two plots and, and, and beautifully brought together in the moment when Beatrice is like to prove your love you have to do this thing yeah um, so it doesn't feel disjointed but it is funny that so much of this plot is just like and also I guess this happens <laughs> I think that's all the characters except for brother Anthony He's just there. He's just like, and I'm an uncle. There's just this scene. I think they just needed like Leonardo to talk to someone who wasn't a teen, a, a teen girl, or I, well, <laughs> Beatrice and Benedict seem to be older. They're not. I, I, they're I, not teens, I, I use teen just to mean anyone who's a, a lover, <laughs> anyone who's not an or old, or maybe having sex. But yeah. there's just like Leonardo's old brother is just there, and they're like, oh, that's his brother, and you're like, all right. Yeah, when they first walked out, I was like, oh, so he must be Beatrice's father. Nope. And then you're like, how many brothers are there? And why aren't they at the wedding? And then, the and then later, Leonardo's like, when they're pretending that Hero's dead, and they do this very unnecessary fake out where they're like, oh, Claudio, you're going to have to marry my other, my niece. Oh, so, well, I have thought Oh, yeah, okay. Out, he's but, he's yeah. like, you have to marry my uh, a, a new random niece that I have who is the heir to And when they were saying that, I thought they were talking about Beatrice, and I was like, oh, and then Benedict's going to fight him because he's going to be like, no, I want to marry him. And I was also like, why is everyone being so chill about this? They just went through so much trouble. And then I was like, oh, no, it's a fake niece. I get it now. It's a fake niece. I'm just just dumb. It's It's just Hero, and then the reveal is that the other niece is Hero. And and it's... I, I'm not gonna look at the exact lines, but the lines are amazing. Someone says another hero, yeah. and then hero's like it's me, and someone says the same hero returned. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but w- then I thought that like oh, and brother Anthony is there because he's gonna be like yeah, she's my daughter, and he's gonna be part of the fake out. Nope. Nope. Also not that. Not that. It, it's also, <laughs> I, I will say though, the thing about the fake out that didn't feel unnecessary is I actually think Leonardo kind of shares, this is my rich interpretation. Sure. But I think Leonardo, Hero's dad, shares your opinions about Claudio. <laughs> yes. And so I think that the reason they do this is they're like, let's make sure they're married before we reveal that she faked her own death. Yeah. Also, I think it's the glimmer, it's the teeniest glimmer of Shakespeare acknowledging that that is a bizarre thing to do that might make someone mad at you yep. if you're like hey i'm dead and then you're like surprise i'm not dead i'm gonna be fucking pissed don't do that you know what i mean yep. so i think there is like a part of either either it's leonardo being like claudio's unstable or leonardo being like maybe this plan is a little bit shitty because i did just trick this guy who professes to love my daughter enough that i believe him enough that i want them to be married he might be irritated Yep. So I think that um, it's one of the better Act 5 fake-outs, because I, I think there are a lot of reasons that that's maybe a good idea to be like, let's put the ring on his finger before we're like, surprise. You're married. Surprise! It's your old wife. It's the wife you wanted in the first place. Uh, part of me wants to be like, Hero deserves better, but 
Yuri doesn't have that much personality, so it's also I think that fine. they might be very happy together. Also, like, Claudio is... I feel like a lot of his problems are to do with youth and posturing. Claudio reminded me a lot of Romeo. I was like, like Romeo in... Romeo. Yeah, Romeo in this situation maybe would do similar Romeo... Things. No, Romeo no. in this situation would, would cry. cry. <laughs> he would cry. I take that He back. would not yell. No, he would cry. But he would be really upset. Well, he also wouldn't believe any slander of Juliet because it's, he really loves her. It's true. He would go to Juliet and be like, how could you do this to me? And she'd be like, I didn't. And then be like, oh. I, this is like weirdly such a lovely play that advocates communicating clearly with people you love. Because if Claudio and Hero had this bantery relationship where they talk a lot that Beatrice and Benedict have, maybe none of this would have happened. Yes, Beatrice and Benedict just like drag each other constantly. Yeah. But they really communicate and really understand each other before they confess their love. Yeah. So uh, we are here today with Sarah Himes and Greg Phelps, who are two wonderful friends of mine. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourselves any further than that? Uh, sure. I'm Sarah. I know Danielle because we play together in a group called called Hedge Pig Ensemble Theater here in town. And um, I met Greg at the American Shakespeare Center where I was working as an actor. I, um, I have a BFA in musical theater, but I've been doing a lot of Shakespeare and a lot of music on the side recently. And um, yeah, that's about me right now. <laughs> cool. Uh, my name is Greg. Uh, I know Danielle through Hedgepig as well. I know Sarah, of course, as she mentioned, from the American Shakespeare Center, uh, where I worked for about 12 years or so, um, doing over 80 productions with them. Um, I have a, a fancy uh, BA from <laughs> the University of Badass. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Degree. Um, so on paper, it's not all that you know, impressive, but I, I did a lot of nerdy studying and information and learning a lot of like in-depth like strings <laughs> pulling uh, about Shakespeare so, yeah, well, was and um, what's your connection to each other <laughs> we just met yeah. <laughs> he's cute That's though a lie. you should give him my number no it's a lie so because this is our, our Valentine's themed episodes of this month, <laughs> just as much ado is our, our argument is, yeah our, our argument as much ado is, is the original rom-com um, they're engaged. Yay. Yes. Yay. It's romantic. They're very romantic. We started like dating that. about four years ago or so while we were both down at the American Shakespeare Center. And, yeah. and they did meet during Shakespeare. We did. We'll yes. play. It wasn't much ado. No. Um, we'll play. That would be perfect. Meet uh, we did two plays. The first play that we rehearsed together was, uh, is it, are you guys superstitious at all? Oh, no, you can say whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, in that production, I ended up killing her twice. Wow. Yeah, I said the first time I... Greg caught my eyes when he was like murdering you, murdering me, dragging <laughs> me off stage yeah. by the hair. It's very, very romantic. Um, but then we ended up playing uh, in Pericles. We're opposite each other in Pericles. You, you skipped the one where we had our and first kiss. I know. I'm getting there. <laughs> so before Pericles, you're uh-huh. right. I did a kind of buried the lead a little bit. Um, we were in Comedy of Errors. And yeah. uh, during rehearsals for that is when uh, we had our first kiss. And I believe you were still dating someone else at the it's time. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not important. It's fine. It was during rehearsal. The showman. All spare love in rehearsal. It's on brand for comedy bearers. Anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're just being very method. Yes. Um, so, 
So what do you guys like about the play Much Ado About Nothing? Or do you like the play Much Ado About Nothing? <laughs> How do you feel about Much Ado About Nothing? I love the play. Great. <laughs> love love it. It. Okay, what do you love about Correct it? Correct answer. Easily, I think, top ten, maybe top five uh, plays, um, specifically Shakespeare plays. I mean, oh gosh, there's so much to talk about. Um, like, the stakes of this play, it's not a history play. There's no crown, you know, involved. It's not life or death. Um, it is sometimes a cat will just come screaming. Our cat, cat just jumped at the mic. She's like, how she dare you? I have different opinions say. than you. Um, but it is, it's all about heart. Um, I think there's a lot of love. You gotta this. have heart. Exactly. Um, and, I mean, you can, there's, I'm sure, dozens of term papers written on the title alone based yeah. on, like, what actually happens in the show. Um, but there's so much... Um, just love that happens in this show, whether it is requited, unrequited, uh, slandered, you know, um, it's, it's just the, the love that happens in the show, the, even stupid characters like Dogberry, like he yeah. loves what he does. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's why a, I love, that's why I really like it. It's a more thoughtful love too. It's not like a blind love. Like, um, uh, like when we did Pericles and, and played opposite each other, that, that's like a really cool love story, but it's not very romantic because they just sort of like get hooked up through, um, I don't know, you want to be king, then you get to marry my daughter because mm-hmm. you won the, you know. But this is like a very thoughtful love, especially between our main characters. And it's it's careful and it's thoughtful and it's deliberate. And um, even the way that that Hero and Claudio come back together, <laughs> well, I imagine we'll get there. But even that... Well, let's like, get there. Well, it has to, like, it goes, it goes through some things, right? It, it goes goes through a lot of thought and deliberation and triumphs in the end I guess depending on your if you like them or not mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um what do you uh is there anything particular about the play that you think is like easy to miss or that like you wish more productions would get quote-unquote mm-hmm. right or that for you is like a, a critical moment of the mm-hmm. play that you want to like yeah yeah this came up um <clears throat> well I was telling you guys we were taking a look at the Joss Whedon version mm-hmm recently which we hadn't seen before um and have lots of mixed thoughts on it but um one thing that stuck out to me while we were watching it was that and maybe this is just me but i feel like i've seen a fair amount of beatrice's beatrice Beatrice's. played kind of um or presented in this like sort of like emo-y um chip on your shoulder Mm -hmm. you come in swinging which like that's kind of in a lot of who she is i think um, like her resilience and everything mm-hmm. like that, but I think she comes in just sort of like ready to fight a lot of the times and a little bit of um, more of a Kate than a Beatrice. Interesting. And it's like in the text how she's beautifully joyful and happy, and what she's only sad when she's asleep, and she finds the joy and the spirit and like the happiness and everything. And I think that's what makes her so attractive is that she can hold her own while still being mm-hmm. joyful and not curmudgeony and not let's say the B word, you know, not like a bitch. She doesn't have to be played like a bitch just to be strong. And I feel like sometimes that gets overlooked in people's takes, whether it's director or the actor on Beatrice. And it bums me out because there's a stronger choice. that doesn't seem like the obvious choice, but it's a stronger choice. I think. Ooh, I like that. What do you think? Um, Just kind of piggybacking off of of that. Uh, The whole crux of the show, of course, Mm -hmm. is the wedding and, you know, Don John messing with, you know, Margaret Baraccio and stuff like that. Um, but you have to, we ha- we as an audience have to fall in love with these characters. Yeah. And you have a short amount of time because if you don't fall in love with them or care about them, then you don't care that they're breaking each other's hearts. And yeah. You don't care that you're like, just 
Just talk. Is it okay if I like swear? Or yeah. Oh, yeah. We, just we talk and say it. Like yeah. say, you can talk swear. to each other. That's why <laughs> we fucking say all the shit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> My mom doesn't like it, but that's okay. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Charlotte's mom. Um, but. Uh, much like there's a lot of it, sh- like a fellow, like I find myself yeah. just pulling yeah. my hair up and like, sh- just fucking talk to just each talk other. talk about it. And yeah. that's, that's what, that's why we're talking about this show 400 years later. Yep. It's yeah. like, that's just good writing. Yeah. You set up these characters that you care about and make mm-hmm. them do bad things or make bad choices. You know, it's true, because if they're all just whiny still, and fighty, right. then you're like, And you're playing yeah. the end or playing yeah. the middle yeah. or whatever. Or playing yeah. the, you know, the maybe, like, people seem to um, kind of insert their ideas on what happened before the play starts, which is, like, important dramaturgical work, mm-hmm. I think. Like, is it super likely that Benedict and Beatrice have a history, whatever that is? Sure. It's probably very likely. But mm-hmm. if you come in just playing that... Then I don't care where it's gonna go. Well, and also it's there's just different types of exes, right? Because it has to be that sure. she still has feelings for him, right? So that's different than why are we here? What do you think? Mm. Oh yeah, and I, I also think um, I like what you were saying about how Beatrice is. It's in the text that she is like happy and joyful Chilling. for a lot of the time, <laughs> and I think they also get a lot of joy out of their banter with each other. Like obviously, there's some anger and resentment under mm. that, but. They, they also kind of love it, and they, they really seem to enjoy, they both enjoy, like, being the clown and making people laugh. And so I think if they're not having fun, we're not having fun. Totally. Yeah, and it's also, I think, just that of, like, making jokes is fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just a, at least once an episode, something say, in our kitchen. Just beeps. It's like a good luck, though. Should be like <laughs> a good time on our episode. Well, that's, that's the signal. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Oscars playing off. Yeah. <laughs> it's our kitchen being Next like, question. You, you've said enough about Next it. <laughs> One thing, yeah. one idea, I guess, just overarching in terms, not necessarily right or wrong, but just making sure that there's a deliberate choice yeah. between what's public and what's private. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And what's not only public in the world of the show, but public in the theater, mm-hmm. like opening it up to the, to the audience, but also private amongst the, the, the characters themselves. So making sure that that's specifically chosen and not just like, well, there's nobody else on stage, so... Or let's maybe make this just between these two characters when there's a couple of other people yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Um, Ooh, I love that. And I also think, like, side note, it's funny to me that this is a play that assumes people eavesdrop. I where, know. like, the characters in the play are like, we don't have to, like, come in and be sneaky and say this because as soon as we walk on stage, our friend is such a dickhead that they're going to hide and yeah. listen to yeah. us. Like, that is such a particular judgment call to make on your friend and to be right about. Yeah. Yeah, I also love that one of the only, like, genuinely private moments that isn't observed by anyone but the audience is that first moment between Beatrice and Benedict where he's like, I love you. And she's like, now is not the time. (laughs) My cousin just got like screamed at at the altar. And I mean, that's, that's sort of nerdy term paper. Number one is much ado about noting. Noting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's eavesdropping and noting different things. And Mm -hmm. that's just the world of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is, is there any time that, uh, or, what do you guys do to make each other laugh? Nah. <laughs> uh, usually, so stupid, much of the, the stupid wordplay. Stupid wordplay, yeah. just like Beatrice and Benedict. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> just like them. Except yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worse. No, except, I'm kidding. Yeah, not quite as clever. <laughs> when I first met, when Greg first took me home to meet his family, it was like I, I feel like I passed a test of surviving the first family dinner, mm-hmm. where it's just he and his dad and his sisters, like having a pun off like it was like 50% of their shared 
loving family dialogue was just out punning each other <laughs> and it was like okay I see I I get the temperature I know what setting I'm in now I feel and but so I feel like I've learned were you able to pun off the best of them um I probably sat on the sidelines and, and observed mm-hmm. that first round but I feel like over the years that has been a fun like me trying to level up and and <laughs> have face-offs with Craig and I'm never as good I'm very rarely as good as Greg can come up with things but it's fun um, yeah, we just seriously around our house with nobody else listening. We'll try to outpun each other. Sometimes it's like a lot of exhaustion plays into it. That makes it funnier <laughs> at the end of the day. But it doesn't take much to get it going. Um, so one of the things we've been talking about with Much Ado About Nothing is how it's sort of this like proto-rom-com structure, which I think is also so wonderful that Shakespeare wrote this in the middle of writing the Henriad. This is the play he wrote between Henry IV mm-hmm. Part Two and Henry V. And it's such a departure, but also sort of, for being a comedy, it's not like any, in my opinion at least, it's not like any lesser than those heavier history plays. But it does sort of bring us this rom-com trope of like, we hate each other so much, but we're secretly in love. Mm -hmm. Is that something that either of you have ever experienced, or do you just have an opinion on the literary trope? They both also look identical in this moment. They both have their arms crossed and both like looked up thoughtfully at the ceiling with their heads tilted. I will jump in. I think that when we, well, okay, personally, when we first started dating, I don't know if this is like in general in my love life or mm-hmm. with yeah, us, in but, general. Uh, well, here we Just are. Um, I think when Greg and I first got together, there was um, because. Well, I'm sorry if he's listening, but maybe I was dating somebody else. <laughs> And um, so I think between that and, like, Greg could speak to his own personal whatever at the time, we sparked right away as, like, really good friends. And we, in hindsight, realized that we were finding ways to always be around each other, Mm -hmm. like, all the time. Completely unnecessary reasons to like be extra friends that day mm-hmm. um but extra when friends is a great do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but we were I, we were constantly um trying to step back out of it mm-hmm. um and try to give it some space to like have a real foundation i don't know if any of this makes sense but there were yeah. friends clear that by the time by the time we finally were like okay this is the thing and we can't deny it anymore and what if this is it we, then we got to lean into it. It's going to hurt. Like the adjustment period might hurt, but once we lean in and just commit to like us being a couple and like giving each other everything, mm-hmm. then it might really be worth it. And when we did, and then it was amazing. And we like tried to keep it quiet because we're trying to be professional because we're doing a show. And then we finally like, <laughs> come, you know, you kind of have a moment where like you're in the, the office romance comes to light among our friends, and everyone was like, Fucking of course. Yeah, yeah we know. We know. Uh, it is exactly uh, Jonah and Amy from Super Story. I know. But I do think we did We did spend a few... Like, and... Hmm, we would have, like, heated conversations as extra friends. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are we doing? We either need to stop doing this or start doing this. Like, I remember specific conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the parking lot of a grocery store. In the parking lot of a grocery store in Stanton. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Either stop it or start it. But we can't keep acting like it's in the middle. So I think that that, and I think that that happens to a lot of people. It's not always like, now we are beginning our relationship. Mm-hmm. But um, I can very specifically speak to this one that I have, yeah, I have fond memories of those growing pains of not acknowledging that, yeah, this is where we should be. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have a better story. Than that. <laughs> you can take excellent. the next one. Okay, great, thanks. <laughs> teamwork. Yeah, teamwork. I love that. That's excellent. 
Is there anything about this play that you would change or that you don't mm. like? <laughs> There's a few different productions that I've seen. Yeah, or um, in productions that you've seen yeah. that you've been like, I would change that. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Where, uh, I mean... You don't want to go toe-to-toe with Bill, which I get. Yeah. <laughs> you and me, Will. <laughs> Clearly, I'm I'm more smart than you. Yeah, I got 400 years good. on you, bud. <laughs> right, you don't even know what an iPhone is. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, and I always say this about every production I see about really any Shakespeare, uh, no matter what level it's on, I always learn something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, I think that's um, great. And there's things that you know uh, I think work, things that I think don't work. Uh, I don't know about change, but like keep. Yeah, might be a better sure. thing that I have keep in mind. Great. Uh, yeah. I mean, like structurally, it's just a pretty solid show. There mm-hmm. was that one scene where. Uh, uh, Claudio and Don Pedro just found out that Hero was innocent, uh-huh. and it's this huge like Antonio comes in like rare like I'm I'm 94 years old and I'm gonna kill you I don't care yeah. it's a very deep heavy moment and then in walks Dogberry <laughs> like, you're in the wrong scene buddy <laughs> and he stays there throughout the whole thing doing the first and third and sixth and lastly and that whole thing yeah, it's like yeah. okay we don't have time for this comedy yeah, yeah. To, but it's like that fun Read the room, you know buddy. comedy and tragedy yeah I show. love that which is what makes um, it a comedy. Yeah. Right, right. If there's one thing, I mean, that's fun, but maybe I would separate those a little bit. Mm-hmm. Will, take note. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's uh, there's some amazing things that I've seen. Uh, one of them was actually in this Joss Whedon uh, production where during the funeral scene where Claudio mm-hmm. is you know, pining uh, over Hero's loss, uh, in the background you actually see Hero like watching, watching him do that. Oh, yeah. And that's at least a step forward in her recognition of his sorrow and maybe forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, where I don't see that in a lot of shows. It's not written into the scene. Oh, it's not that yeah. kind of thing. She's like up um, in the corner. Yeah. But it gives us a second bet- between the like, <laughs> the the horror of, you whore! Yeah, yeah. And then right. being like, never mind, I'll marry you. Exactly. Yeah. At, least, at least one stepping stone between the, the Yeah. Which no. also makes sense because technically, I think I would have to double check the language. Yeah. But it sounds like she's probably on stage in like a veil. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. it's like a pretty mm-hmm. easy shoehorn. Uh, they they say that's something a... like we'll bring her out, but that's like yeah. ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I love that. I would say just uh, I don't know to try to make to try to set that up so that the end is at least somewhat satisfying, uh, depending on which you know direction you want to take it in. Does she forgive him? Does she not so mm-hmm. much forgive him? Yeah. Is he really sorry? Is he not really mm-hmm. sorry? Yep. Um, like how that fits in with the world of whatever story that you want to, you want to play. That you gotta, you gotta let him make some clear choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. clear choices um, on either side. Mm-hmm. One, I will say, one of my favorite choices I've ever seen. Uh, I had the very distinct privilege of going to the Globe five years ago, and uh, they have a touring leg of their their company over there, and the touring troupe was in the in residence at the globe so they were doing their production of much ado and across the board it was it's ups and downs um but uh, the woman playing beatrice was solid yeah and the guy playing benedict was was really great and the kill claudio scene was just on fire mm-hmm. and there's just one moment and i'd never seen it before and i haven't seen it since so if you're listening steal, steal it, it. <laughs> um, do it because i want to see it every time uh, like we were saying, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the the tension and the the, the awkwardness of like mm-hmm. now is not the time to confess your love to me, buddy. We've just gone mm-hmm. through this amazing, uh, you know, tragedy. Um, Beatrice is constantly just denying him. He's like, can you know, can I help you? Have you wept all this while? Yeah, I'm gonna keep, keep you know going. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I help? No, not really. All right, is it a man's office? Yeah, but 
not yours, not mm-hmm. yours. Can a friend do it? Yeah, but you're no such friend. Great. Okay, cool. So that, that, that Benedict was like, I've got my answer. And turns to leave and stops mid-tracks, spins on his heels and says, I do love nothing in the world so well as you. It's like, that's, and like, that's where it comes from. Like, not necessarily like, like a, a romantic kind of thing. It's like, I, I'm doing this because I love you. <laughs> oh my God, I just said that out loud. Aww, you know? aww. Um, and it was just such a lovely moment. And it also heightens the stakes a little bit because it, it, instead of playing the end of the play and the beginning of that scene, yeah, yeah. you're not actually sure. Because it mm-hmm. is a little tenuous of like, are they going to discover that they didn't right. actually both like each even though they both did like each other, mm-hmm. right. but that they've both have been tricked. So maybe something's going to happen that it's not going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that too because it's not just like the building of him hammering it away at her the whole time. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it does feel like a cheap shot you know mm-hmm. like when some guy's like trying to get in your pants it's just like what do you or that scene from team america where it's like what do i need to tell you to sleep with you know promise me you will never die like it just sometimes it can come off like on the opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. um in production like just sort of uh you're just gonna say anything right now mm-hmm. to get to the next step but i like the idea that it's like takes a break and it completely shifts mm-hmm. and it's a new it's a completely new beat like you've run that out and that didn't get you anywhere. So you gotta it, be honest now. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to take a second to decide to be honest. Or like he he just listened to her a little yeah, bit. Yeah, instead than of I think I've seen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like sure. nope, I can't can't do anything for you. Okay, then I'm gonna leave. Before I go. <laughs> just know I love you. Just know. I do love you. I do love you like a lot. Uh, I also love that it's on record that Benedict is pretty bad at poetry and like, yeah. he's not <laughs> He's not, he can't, like, give a sonnet to convince her to love him. All he can do is stand there and be like, I love you. That's it. <laughs> well, I love that it's, I love you. Weird, huh? It's weird. <laughs> it's like the modern translation. Yeah. Right? I love you more than anything. That's kind of fucked up, right? Fuck that. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the degree to which both of them pretend not to have feelings or even at their, even, like, at the end of the play when everyone's like, we all know that you're together now. And they're like, what? No. Ugh, it's a joke. And all the friends are like, come on, guys. Right. Slash their friends are like, wow, what an exhausting marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I give it three months tops. Um, is there anything else you want to tell us that you love about Much Ado or that um, you would like to see done in a production of Much Ado? Yeah. That you think about much, or even your favorite character from much, much ado, much ado, much ado. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were getting like paid every time you, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, we're doing product placement of much ado. About <laughs> this is maybe so, um, just coming off of a production of Also the Ends Well with mm-hmm. Hedge Pig a couple months ago. Uh, one of the things I loved about that really tricky asterisks tricky play um was bed tricky yep see yeah we're almost done greg we're almost to the end um was the way that the women came together and really supported each other like i fucking lived as playing helena i lived for the scenes with the other women Mm -hmm. in that play mostly because our women in that production were amazing but I just lived for when it was like you would get to a scene that's like awesome, cool. Can we? There was so much bullshit before. In court. Can we just like help each other out now and get to the next part of the play? Um, and I would love to see a production where you see that in Beatrice and Hero and her love for Hero and her standing by Hero, whether these allegations that are happening in time are true or false. She doesn't care. She's like yeah. the only one that sticks by her. And I would just love to see where Margaret and Ursula get brought in 
in a more rich way mm-hmm. and that you really see the women being able to lean on each other because it it's so playful and all these characters are great and all these different levels and then all of a sudden it all comes to a head and it's like one thing about one girl that is not believed one time and the whole fucking thing like it just implodes and I would love to see where the women can lean on each other more heavily leading up to that in that moment and at the end Mm -hmm. just to see where those strengths lie when women support each other I love that because I do think the play lends you opportunities I do too and I agree that a lot of times they get skated over because they're like it's a love story play but like yeah. Also, Margaret and Ursula are so fucking funny. I know. Yeah. And, like, the way they tease each other is... I know. That's, like, one thing we've mentioned on the podcast is it's great that this isn't a universe where, like, Beatrice is the only, like, smart, sassy woman and everyone else is, like, totally. a, a fainting ingenue. A lot of... Even Hero has her moments of, like, trolling Beatrice and Margaret's really funny. Like, all of these women are full people with senses of humor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and different. Margaret kind of yeah. gives... Benedict the business just yeah. as much as Beatrice yeah, does. Totally <laughs> he's just like a target. He's like, okay, I'm gonna try <laughs> everything I can, but it doesn't matter. No matter what I shoot at you, it's just gonna come back at me tenfold, yeah. no matter who it is. And yep. finally, he's just like, this is my life. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> also, when they all find out, like, oh, it was Margaret who's been sleeping around. Oh, that's fine. Right. <laughs> that's Margaret's Margaret. just a fucking whore. It's cool. <laughs> just like classic lean Margaret. into all of that a little bit more, yeah. and not in like a shameful way. Like, just lean into it in a supportive, loving. Mm-hmm. This, this makes for gang. diverse characters and diverse mm-hmm. storytelling sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> what was the question? What do I love about Just the show? Any, any other things you want to share so before we wrap up? So much. How much time do we have? Yeah, um, not that much. <laughs> uh, uh, I see your just, brain. Not that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, just even in the same kind of vein in the style of like a rom-com, there is mm-hmm. kind of a satisfying ending kind of know it's predictable uh, throughout the mm-hmm. way but you can't be predictable for the characters um everything is kind of floating around on this like mm, i don't want to say fluff level because there is like a lot of depth and heart mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. slander and people to faking deaths yeah and, people's and whole lives, their lives. Whether or not these exactly things work out. right yeah. and you know this is marriage and, and, and pretend to be dead um but there's something so i don't know not cathartic maybe that is the right word just lovely about watching the show going through that journey mm-hmm. even if you know like you know the plot you're very familiar with it even if your first time seeing it i remember the first time i saw this show and i was just swept along and it felt so lovely when you get to the end mm-hmm. even characters like baraccio in the and he's like he does some he's of the like, most I'm villainous sorry. shit yeah he's like i'm so sorry and he's like well clearly somebody's like margaret was involved with this it's actually no no it's she wasn't it's yeah. not her fault she knew nothing about like he actually yeah. stands up for like justice in the mm-hmm. end. I don't know if that's a weird like turnaround. No, it's true. Yeah. Like he yeah, he's like, No, it was all me. Don't blame her. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're very complex dynamic characters even yeah. side characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah. And then fucking Dogberry. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't do words real good. Yeah, he doesn't he, he doesn't he doesn't talk too too good. That's the joke. Um, it's the whole joke, get right. it? Right. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating, and I could you know we could all sit around this table and nerd out for probably another hour or so. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But I just love I love the heart. I love the love that's in this play. Yeah. Amazing. Lovely. So I guess last thing, do you guys have any any things you want to plug? Mm-hmm. Any Ooh. any projects or, or or other thoughts? Instagram handles? I don't know. Just music. And sure. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to continue keeping going with uh, some music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a songwriter. Yeah, um, Craig's a super talented. Look musician. me up on Spotify. 
That was my Mickey Mouse yeah. recommending right, Greg's exactly. music. Right, oh. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, no, don't. It's not Mickey Mouse. Trademark. <laughs> copyright. Oh, shit. He's going to get in trouble with Disney. Yeah, Disney Greg Greg sounds great. Right, yeah, it's just Greg Phelps. Um, uh, I think my my Instagram handle is Greg Phelps Music. Or maybe that's Phelps with a PH. PH. It could just be Gregory John Phelps, which is my official stage name. <laughs> J O N. Gregory J O N Phelps. Um, so, yeah, so check me out. I'll be releasing some videos of some new original songs and maybe some covers. Awesome. So, yeah. singing along and playing some stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been playing with Hedgepig. My plug is just going to be for more Hedgepig things as they come up. Uh, I don't have anything lined up right now. They're about to, they're just about to launch into Mary Stewart rehearsals, which we are not a part of, at least maybe peripherally, but um, we won't be in that production. But I'm really excited to support our fellow pigs on that. As, long, as well as some other upcoming things in that company that Danielle and I are working on. Yeah, we're going to be leading a workshop yeah. about how, if, even if you're not an actor, you can use those tools in your workplace. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Greg and I are also teaching, I mean, we're all teaching artists, and so we've used a lot of um, Shakespeare's rhetoric and leadership and, and how to um, build teams and just a better sense of self uh, there. So Danielle and I are taking over some hedge pick stuff there, as well as maybe some things later on in the year to look forward to so that's my hedge pig plug yay hedge plug. well hedge, thanks you guys plug. for Ooh. you <laughs> so, you know swinging it they can't all be golden as one wise man once said they can't all be home runs um, yes yeah, so, well anyway thank you guys for coming on yeah thank you for having us our food it's exciting and we love you and we love love and love and love and stuff man love and stuff yeah weird right I love some nothing in the world so well like this podcast. It's <laughs> not straight. <laughs> and now it's the part of our podcast where we read for you, the listener, a Shakespeare monologue in a series of silly voices. Danielle, what monologue are you going to read for us today? So this is the monologue where Benedict is like, what? Beatrice has a crush on me. I guess same. Aww. Are you ready? Yes. All right. You're going to start with Dude Bro Surfer Guy. This can be no trick. The conference was sadly born. They have the truth of this from Hero. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Dracula. <laughs> they seem to pity the lady. It seems her affections have their full bent. Ah, 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 ah. Love me. Hippie chick. Why, it must be requited. I hear now how I am censured. They say I will bear myself proudly if I perceive the love, love, come from her. An opera singer. They say too that she will rather die than give any sign of affection. I did not think to marry. I must not seem a proud. Happy are that here, there. Oh God! A uh, bored barista. Attractions and can put the, to the mad the thing. They say the lady is fair. Tis the truth, I can bear them witness, and virtuous, tis so. 
I cannot reprove it. And wise, but for loving me, <laughs> by my troth, it is no addition to her wit, nor great argument to her folly, for I will be horribly in love with her. I may chance have some odd quirks. Someone falling asleep. And remnants. Wow, these are very similar. <laughs> you chose like three bored, very disaffected women. <laughs> and remnants of wit broken to me. Because I have railed so long against marriage. But doth not the appetite alter? A man loves the meat in his youth and cannot endure in his age. Shall quits and sentences. A cat. And these paper <laughs> bullets of the brain. Aw, a man from a career of his humor? No. The world must be peopled. When I said I would die a bachelor, I did not think I should live till I were married. Here comes Beatrice. Nice. (laughs) Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Thank you for listening to me do a monologue as I guess I fell asleep. (laughs) It was like a sleepy, a sloth, a hip, a A bored person, a high person, a sleepy person. Dracula had the most like verve and pizzazz. And that's, he's dead also. (laughs) Persons. um, a little peek into my psyche this morning. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, thank you for listening. Thank you. We love you. We're so glad that you are with us today. I've been Charlotte Ali. And I've been Danielle Cohn. We didn't do this in our last episode, but we're doing it for you now. Yeah. Saying our names. Just in case and you telling forgot you, them. Please uh, like and subscribe and share and leave us good reviews and tweet about us. And email us at uh, whatyouwillpodcast at gmail.com yes. if you have any thoughts about Shakespeare plays. Yes. Suggestions for uh, bits. Yeah, things uh, you want to hear in your ears. Wrong opinions that you have. That we can um, dissect and make fun of. JK, not kidding, but still. Yeah. So, bye everyone. Bye. <laughs> Stopped. Uh, well, it's too late. We can't stop away. the podcast. <laughs>